Hello, everyone, and this is the second episode of Abby Normal Podcast. I am Colin Bourne. And I'm Aquarius. Really? That's <laughs> what you came up with. Just horrible. thought I'd change it up. We have to do this again. Technically, this is true, but... Well, I'm Aquarius also, so I do I say my name is Aquarius also? That's why I let you go first. Nice trick. But Any- no. <laughs> anyway, this is our second taping recording. This is our second episode That's of this the word. podcast. That's the word, yes. So anyways, today's episode, we're going to talk about movies and the type mm-hmm. of movies that we all enjoy. Colin, do you want to kick off the mm. uh, podcast with your favorite movie hmm. or favorite kind of movies? I was going to say, because that's a good question, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of favorites. I have a lot. I have a lot of favorite type of movies. I have a lot of older favorite movies. I'm, I like a lot of old school movies. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of stuff. Like when I was like, even as a little kid, I love black and white movies, silent films, comedies, horrors. As I got older, I started liking more 80s stuff. Like I've always loved 80s movies. I want to clarify that Colin was born in 89. Yes, I know. But he references himself as an 80s baby. Hey, I. Anyway, let's go back to movies before we get way off topic. <laughs> so you, you currently now. This is my interpretation of what your interests are from knowing you for six years. Mm-hmm. I know you like horror movies, mm-hmm. and I know that's your thing. Mm-hmm. But there's a different. Like I love horror movies too, but there's a huge difference between the type of horror movies that I'm into and the type that you're into. For instance, you like a lot of the classic horror movies, and I'm not talking about like Dracula. Oh, and I Wolf love Man. those. Don't get me wrong. Those are great, too. No, but you like Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. Nightmare for Elm Street. And Nightmare the, and, and Elm Street, Night, not Nightmare Before Elm Street. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you like Nightmare on Elm Street, and you like the original Halloween, which there's nothing wrong with that. Those I, are great movies. I, I like the original Halloween, too. But I, th- I like slasher movies. Yeah. Because that's my thing. If you're going to shoot a movie that's a horror genre, mm-hmm. it has to scare people, mm-hmm. obviously, for one thing. And at, and, the, and at the time, those movies actually did scare people, too. I get that the time was different from now, but I know for, it seems a me, little outdated for you, and I'm sorry about that, but that's just what I like. It is a bit outdated. And I'm probably, you know, this is just <sighs> my personal opinion when it comes to the Halloween remakes. And I really don't want to go ahead and lose any people already, but Uh-oh. I actually <laughs> i I enjoy the Halloween Rob Zombie remakes. Here's why. Here's why. I, I'm already hearing the groans, not just from you, but from people who are listening to oh, this. Yeah. Be like, my people can relate. Groan at her people. Groan. Because when I have <laughs> conversations like this with people, they're like, "How can you like that garbage?" I'm sorry. I I asked you that when you said that you actually like Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And I freaked out. I was like, why do you, why? Why do you like that? That's a horrible remake. First of all, I'm sorry. But I like my characters to have a backstory. And as far as we knew. So did Nightmare on Elm Street. Shut up. As far as we knew. As far as we knew about Michael Myers from the original movies, he was a six-year-old boy mm-hmm. who murdered his sister on Halloween night in a clown costume. Yeah. For no reason whatsoever. And when you, like, that scene where he walks out of the house and his parents show up and they pull the mask off and he's this normal-looking little blonde-headed kid in a clown costume with a butcher knife in his hand. Like, how do you go from that type of back? 
background to serial killer. Well, he probably had some problems. They don't have to but always they go don't... into little certain things, but you can tell but that that's... that little kid's but... the beginning of the problems. But that's what I like about the Rob Zombie remake. It showed a backstory that was, one, realistically relatable, mm-hmm. considering what we know now about pro- prolific serial killers. But it told a backstory. It connected, like, why Michael was the way he was, where he came from, why he did what he did, and his connection to Laurie Strode and all that good stuff. And how can you not, you know, love the fact that Brad Dourif played the sheriff? Oh, don't get me wrong. I love Brad, I, Brad Dourif, especially when he would play his roles, especially in Child's Play. But and Malcolm just, McDowell, yes. of all people. He was awesome as Loomis. Because yeah. Loomis was the type of guy who... He may have had his best interest at heart when it came to keeping Michael contained and everything, but you can tell he was kind of in it for the glory. Mm-hmm. A bit. But hold on. What? A couple years ago, we met Malcolm McDowell yeah. at a at a scare at a Scaracon, which over in uh, Rome, New York, and we met him, and he was super nice, wonderful. And you actually asked him a question about Halloween, also. When you, yeah, Someone wh- asked a question in the audience, like, did he watch the original Halloween movies to kind of, mm. like, prep himself for the role? He says he's never seen the Halloween originals. Which is crazy. And he's, he hasn't watched the the ones he was in either, I don't think. It's kind of funny because he's been in a lot of fucked up movies oh, yeah. himself. Of course. You know, like Caligula, um, A Clockwork Orange, I haven't Cat seen- People. I haven't seen Caligula, but... That's a good movie. A Clockwork Orange and Cat People, I have seen. Cat People is the weirdest. It is weird. And I mean, Clockwork Orange is strange, but that... the Cat People was the fucking weirdest really? movie I've ever I watched. Really? Because I like A Clockwork Orange was a lot more stranger than that, from, than Cat People. But in a way, I mean, like... But it had so much class to it at the same time. Yeah, for being so weird. A yeah. bit. And that's what I liked about it. But the, the my point is, is that if you're going to have a bad, a bad guy mm-hmm. doing things... You got to give him a reason for it. He's got to have a motive. Yeah, and that's. I mean, with Freddy Krueger, it was like, oh, you know, I was molesting these kids, and they child molester that got caught by the families of these children that he that he took and killed, and they went to his place and just basically burned down his uh, where he was living at. But like in the in the story in the remake though, they kind of went a little more in depth. Like yeah, he was a yeah. he was a gardener actually for the kindergarten preschool that the kids went to and they told their parents about the things that he was doing. And over time they thought that maybe, you know, they had lied about it and that's why he's attacking them from beyond the grave or you know, later on they come to learn that it was true. And that the reason why he's killing them is because they told the truth. Don't, I think it's good. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I think it's cool that, you know, they were going into more of the backstory, backstories with some of these remakes. But I will say this, for the backstory they did for the remake for Nightmare on Elm Street was good. But the one thing that bothered me is that the charm of Fre- uh, Freddy Krueger wasn't the same. It wasn't the same magic that some, brought in the first some, one. In the original. He had some one-liners, I will say. It's, Maybe not like the ones from the, re- or the originals. Original. Yeah, you can never be I will, Robert England. I will say this, though. The 
the atmosphere of the remakes was a little bit more grittier than the originals. Because yeah. the originals, like, the first one was definitely scary. Mm-hmm. But as you go through, like, the second, and third, then, and fourth, they become a little bit more campy. The second one was a little bit creepy, just like the first one. But then after that, it started becoming the signature, you know, comical Freddy Krueger that we all know and love and everything. But, like, still... After all those movies, they came out with Freddy uh, with um, uh, New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. That was the last movie with Robert England before Freddy vs. Jason. And that one was very creepy. Because yeah. they were not only making it about uh, Freddy Krueger and stuff, but they also made it about real life. And they brought these uh, brought the uh, the real actors and like, pl- had them play as themselves. And to go against Freddy, who was a lot more creepier than those movies, was this perfect concept was a perfect idea. This is the Freddy versus Jason. No, one. no, this was the about? one before that. This was a uh, um, new nightmare. Oh, okay. The one that came out in 93 had that little kid from uh Okay. So, moving on from that, mm. I like slasher horror movies. You like the campier stuff. And you know what? And I love the but and you there's know what? Nothing... even the campier stuff is very gory and very fucked up. And there's nothing wrong with those opinions too. Like I've I've met some people too who like the Rob Zombie original or not originals, but they like the Rob Zombie remakes. Remakes, even his original stuff like House of a Thousand Corpses and what's that cartoon one? I can't remember. Mm. Oh, it's a long one. El Super Bistro. I think? Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I forgot what the name it was, but yeah, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah, when had I was, some lucha wrestlers. When I was in high school. I used to have, you would have your principal, and then you would have all these, like, assistant principals that would mm-hmm. monitor each grade and stuff. Yeah. My grade had an assistant principal named Mr. Barber, mm-hmm. and he was the coolest assistant principal ever. We bonded over Rob Zombie stuff all the time. <laughs> and it was so funny to me, like, and as a teenager, to think of a man who was in his 30s with a wife and two small children... To, you know, have a man cave and then, like, hide in his man cave and watch Rob Zombie movies and listen to music. Well, remember, he probably was, in the 90s when Rob Zombie first came out, like, in the mid-90s, he was probably young then, like, old enough to actually know and listen to Rob Zombie. Oh, I fucking love his music. You've never seen him live, have you? No, but I've heard things. He is fucking awesome. I've seen videos. I've seen videos. I went to a concert one time and he was performing he is so much better live than he is in studio well yeah it probably it's so probably fucking was more energetic cool. you know especially oh, yeah. him and he's like running around on stage right yeah and there's a lot of pyrotechnics involved too but it was just so fucking he's like cool. a more updated like his this performance when, is like alice cooper but more 10 times updated this was when venomous oh, no. rat yeah. Regeneration? Yeah, Regeneration. Yeah. So yeah, you that, got it. You that got was it. the album that released around the time I went to that concert. Oh, really? And that was a really good time for me. Mm. I love that concert. Back to the horror movies, or just movies in general. Let's move on from horror, because well, I feel like we've already dealt right, with well, a Well, there was horror. one last thing I wanted to okay. say. There was one thing that I'm super happy about, is that there are certain movies, especially back in the 80s, that they never remade that remake and i'm happy that they never did because Mm -hmm. it just ruins the magic of those movies just like they did with the other ones but i will say i'm super happy they never remade sleepaway camp which that is a perfect movie sleepaway sleepaway camp is actually a pretty good movie it's a very good movie especially that very ending where it's like the infamous well the well do you think it's i think it's famous because a lot of people in horror talk about it it's a definitely 
well-recognized scene. And, I, I mean, I don't think we should spoil it for those who haven't heard I've, of the I think movie. they know what we're talking about, but just in case if if you, they don't if, know. If you have seen the movie and you know what scene we're talking about, then yeah. and we're trust, not going to go into and, and trust me, it was cold that night, so that thing, yeah, was small. <sighs> anyway... <laughs> So anyway, aside aside from horror movies, what other movies do you like, Colin? Oh man, I love me a good laugh. I love mm-hmm. a good comedy. I love something that will make me laugh so hard that my sides hurt and my tears are rolling down my eyes. The the perfect comedy, the perfect comedy where every shtick, every line, every scene in the movie is like right at good timing. That okay. makes you that it's just like perfect timing and it makes you laugh. Yeah, you know. And I will say this, my favorite comedies growing up, there was a lot, but I will say um, certain ones, Mel Brooks movies. Mel Brooks is an amazing creative genius, creative writer, and creative director, I wanna, and great actor. I want to point out already, in case nobody's ever realized, hasn't realized this yet, our podcast is titled the Abbey Normal Podcast. The which, Abbey Normal Podcast. The Abbey yes. Normal Podcast. Which I wish which, you said the, but it's Which okay. is a reference to the Young Frankenstein movie where Igor and, and young, Frederick. And, no, and uh, Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein or Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein. When they're talking about what brain he grabbed to put into the monster, and he instead of instead of getting this philosopher's brain, he grabbed an abnormal brain, and he thought it was, it was pronounced he, Abby Normal. He was supposed to get the brain of Hans Felbrook or something like that. Hans Hans Delbrook. Hans Delbrook. Yes, and instead, my favorite comedy movies. But yes, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. Wow, way to cut me off, Colin. What? I wasn't done. You were actually cutting me off. So, but it's okay. Whatever. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Ladies first. So my favorite comedies are just, I hate saying, um, because when I did my editing for the first podcast episode, I deleted, deleted like 50 ums, (laughs) but I digress. Call it the um show. (laughs) Shut up, Colin. No, but like, we, I like comedies. Some romantic comedies mm. are kind of funny. Some cartoons are kind of funny. But what is um, your favorite comedy of all time? If you had to pick that one comedy oh. that really sticks with you. And don't say Napoleon Dynamite. No. Okay, good. I use that movie, honestly, to fall asleep to. It's a sleeper movie. What do you expect? Yeah. You know? That's how it As was. far as comedy. I mean, I like comedy. Dad, I don't. I my, can't think of my all-time. My dad hated that movie, Napoleon Dynamite. I oh can't. God, he hated it. I can't think of my all-time favorite comedy right now. Oh, bullshit. I know you could. Okay. Well, I guess Beetlejuice is a good... Yeah? I mean, do you have, like, a top five favorite? Do you have, like, a couple of favorite movies that you like to put in? You know, like a... Do, like, a top five thing? Uh... Because I could probably do it. Well, of course you can. You have an entire collection of DVDs you can go, like, study. I wish Mm -hmm. I had studied for this before we came on this podcast now. I know. You did not study. But my favorite, like, comedies are, like, I like Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. I like... Good one. Yes, I'll give you a good movie. Dark Shadows was a good... I know you have mixed feelings about it because you're, you're a diehard original fanatic. Oh, the the Dark Shadows show is amazing. I love the original. But I, mean, I like the movie. You know what? But... And the movie was good, too. It was funny, but it had mm-hmm. a, a weird seriousness to it at the same time. It was a weird, interesting family movie. Mm-hmm. You know? 
But like, but it was good that they follow with the music because it was the music like almost the same as the original from the show. Mm-hmm. So that's good. At least they they kept some things. You know, they weren't trying to do anything modern or new or anything, mm-hmm. except it was all based in the seventies. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Go on. I'm gonna move on from comedy because I can't think for the life of me any other comedies that I enjoy. Like I said, I like a lot of them. I just can't think of ones off the top of my head that I haven't watched recently. What's up? I will say one before we move on from the comedies because I okay. feel like a lot of people will love to hear this. Hmm. Definitely one of my top favorites, like from growing up as a kid. My all one of my all time favorites is The Princess Bride. You cannot hate on The Princess Bride. It has every type of genre within that movie. And it's so funny. It's like the everything movie. It's the everything movie. And it's one of the most perfect 80s movies. Just as perfect as like Back to the Future or Goonies or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like it's part of those movies that you cannot touch. And if you remake it, then you're ruining the magic of the original. Yeah. But anyway, I will move on. We'll move on. We'll move on to a different one. How about... Action-adventure movies. Ooh, can we do fantasy also? Well, let's start with action-adventure well, action first. action-adventure first. Because you, you can definitely go on about action movies. Because you love Marvel. Oh, I yeah. I love comic book I movies. Comic book movies are great. I hate Marvel with a passion. That's not what you said about Black Panther. Black Panther is the only exception because it was very... Very different. Well, it was and well you, done. And you know what's funny about it? When you and I watch movies together, and whenever we watch movies that you like that I don't care for, mm-hmm. I always have to make you pause and point out plot holes. Which I hate when you do that. But I know I was, you hate it, but it, it delights the fuck out of me. <laughs> I hate it, and that's why I try not to watch Marvel movies with you ever again, because you ruined that. No, because when we were watching Black Panther, like, not even ten minutes into the movie. Like, what happened here? No, no, not even ten minutes into the movie, I made you pause, and I was like, so it's like, Lion King? Yeah. You know, and you're funny. like, yeah. yeah, but keep watching. And then, like, another ten minutes did, I got the gist that Sterling K. Brown's character and you know, to Charles dad, we're brothers. <laughs> Don't distract me with the dog, okay? Just, what? He's distracting. Anyway, like T'Challa's dad and his brother. T'Challa, yeah. We're we're arguing, and obviously his father kills his brother mm-hmm. and leaves. It. You know this the son behind. Hey, don't don't give it all away. Most of these people have probably never seen that movie. But no, but like the whole concept was like his brother was just trying to make a better world. Trying to he was trying to make a better world for his country. Like Black Panther is exactly like Lion King. Just Scar dies instead of Mufasa. Just imagine that scenario. Ah! And that imagine a scenario where Scar died instead of Mufasa. That's the gist of like the Black Panther movie. But my point is is that Marvel is so overrated and oh, they oversaturate up. they oversaturate the fuck. DC doesn't do any better. Sure, DC does great shows, but they don't do good DC movies. You ever seen Superman v Batman? Ugh. Horrible. Are you talking about the Batman vs Superman movie? Yeah, but they call it uh, Superman v Batman, and I'm like, how do you? Why do you say just V? Just say versus, not V. Well, it's V S, which is. Well, I've seen it on posters and stuff that it just said V, and it's horrible, and it's a horrible movie. I could see why they just call it just V, you know. But it see, what sucks. I what I appreciate about the DC universe is that they don't like Suicide Squad wasn't even that good either. You know what, Colin? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am I'm going just, to. I'm just making my point that you know what I mean. And I'm making my point that DC doesn't shove all their fucking movies in your face as much as Marvel does. No, but they don't come out with like three or four movies a year because they're getting the work done. They got stories and they're well, trying to put they, up a story take, within each one. Oh, you think DC doesn't do that? No, it takes them a couple of years just trying to do something. And not only that, they don't really but do what... Because they take the time. Yes. They, but they take the time to make the movie. But they're not as successful because, they, like, just like Justice League, they, they put everything in one movie. They didn't do movies before Justice League. They didn't make all the movies together to have everyone meet up in Justice League. Everyone just automatically met up in Justice League. In Marvel, they all had their own movies, had their own storylines, and they all met up together before the Avengers. That's what makes a good storyline is that they showed their stories before the big superhero movie of everyone coming together. And that's why Marvel did so well because they followed with the storylines and they did not mess up or anything. And it led up to a big, huge thing. First of all, you're wrong. Damn, I'm good. Okay, so the Justice League probably didn't get together until the Justice League movie, hence the name and title of the fucking movie. But they introduced the characters in Batman vs. Superman. Did they not? Did they not? <laughs> are you, you going to do that? <laughs> Alright, let's 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 move on from that before we start killing so, each other with this whole thing. So, But in conclusion... In there, conclusion... There are some good DC movies, but you can never, ever, ever, especially in the box office... Beat Marvel. They are way ahead of them. It's not about who's and better know, in terms yeah. of success. But with it's, stories, Marvel's better. And that's my opinion, and I'm going to stick with it. And you have your opinion, and you think and you think DC has great stories and great movies. And that's what you stick with, right? I, I feel like I never even got my point across because you kept interrupting me, you douche. I think my point's better. No. Yeah, of course you think your point is better. You know what the problem? Because Marvel's better. Oh, I, I was gonna go with a comment, and now I'm not gonna do it because I'm just. What gonna comment? Be, what comment? I, I am not gonna go hear, there. No, come on, come on, let's play with the cards. Come on, Mm-mm. come on. Mm-mm. Bring out the card. No. Bring out no. the ace. Why don't we talk about Star Wars now? Yes, you know what? And I am sorry about the whole superhero thing. I know it's a little light. Subject. We're never talking about superheroes anymore on this fucking podcast. Oh come I'm on! I'm just gonna make that known right now. That's gonna be my declaration on this podcast. No more superhero talk. Here we go. But we'll talk about Star Wars. Because right. last weekend, for the first time in my whole entire life, I watched a good portion of the Star Wars saga movies in a weekend. Woo! I'm and, so proud And too. I kind of enjoyed it. Even well, we're though almost done. We're not done yet. We're not out of the ballpark. I enjoyed it, even though, as my boy Freddie Mercury once said, Jaws was never my scene, and I don't like Star Wars. I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite movie. My boy Freddie. It's not my favorite movie, but I did enjoy watching the movies with you last weekend. And that was a lot of fun. And And I will say so far, I will say so far, Mm -hmm. that my favorite Mm -hmm. is the one we last watched. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, f- the Force Awakens? Is that the one with Rey? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you love Rey. Rey is like your favorite character. Well, Rey is like... I, in the Star I Wars like series. A good, I like a good female lead. Like, yeah. Leia, when I first saw her character in the first Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. I loved her. Yeah. I thought she was awesome. She was such a powerful character. And yeah. that's the thing about Star Wars, female Star Wars characters is that they're very bold and very brave. And, 
and they're not scared to die. It's also the same reason why I like Wonder Woman, but that's another topic I'm not going to get into right now. First of all, I will say this. Wonder Woman was a great movie, though. That was a great movie, and I still want to see Aquaman, too. But see, here's the thing about Wonder Woman. They took their time to make that the perfect female movie. And that's why I love that. That's why I thought that one was great. I love it. It's my favorite movie. And I and will I can't, give you credit I that cannot those wait, movies are good. I cannot wait to see what Wonder Woman 2 comes. 1984. That's what they're calling it. I cannot it. wait. Which, that's probably going to so, be out later this year or next year. Something like that. Ho- I mean, hopefully. They're coming out with Black Widow in November instead of, of May. Of And then in February of well, next year, it's going to be The Eternals. Which, they were all supposed to come out this year, Black Widow in May, and then Eternals in November. But... Since all this happened, they had to postpone it and delay it to November and then February of next year. Yeah, but you think, though, with, like, Marvel... With Disney Plus yeah, and everything? Because when, when Onward came out and all the movies that were due to be released in theaters this year are probably not going to be released until they decide to stream them on Disney Plus oh, this yeah. year... Well, since that happened, I feel like that, I feel yeah. like they'll probably do the same thing with Marvel movies mm-hmm. that are due to be released this year because, of course, they have the ability to since well, Mar- since Disney owns Marvel. Well, if, but, if theaters don't open by November and everything, they probably have no choice but to do that to stream it up on you know Disney Plus or something like that. Yeah, but this, DC can't do that. I know DC can't do that, but they have the DC universe and they could probably put it up on the DC universe. Now I gotta get fucking DC universe streaming service. Which DC Universe, Which, actually, I heard is really good, and they have some great shows on there. Like, I want a, to give that a try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I want to give that a try, and I the, the problem with me, though, is that when I see the, this, the DC Universe ads on, like, social media and whatever... I always see the same freaking trailers, and it's for the Harley Quinn cartoon. I like that cartoon. I, I've seen it. I've seen the cartoons. It's an interesting cartoon. Really I'm not saying it's bad. I do want to give that a try if I ever do decide to get the DC Universe streaming service. Yeah. But. The girl who played Penny I, on Big Bang Theory want, did a great job as Harley Quinn. Okay. I don't want that, though, to be the only thing that's good about that streaming service. No, but I heard. It's like Shudder. No, don't give me that look. Okay. Shutter, you only like Shutter because it has all of, like we mentioned earlier, your old school Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. They have a bunch of good. They have a bunch of good old stuff on there. I like, and plus, not only that, they have some great documentaries, and even that one that we watched together, the Curse Films. Okay, the Curse Films ones was good. They were very good. That three and a half hour documentary of the behind the scenes of every single Friday the Thirteenth movie, though. Well, it's actually four hours, but yeah, it is. I it is could slow. not stand that for the life of me well i'm sitting there playing my video game and i'm like listening and i tend to lose track of time when i play video games but i can tell like after a while and they were moving on to like the sixth part and i look up at you and i'm like how fucking long is that movie and you're like it's four hours yeah I'm like, we're not watching the whole fucking thing, are we? Because this is way too fucking long. I will say this. That one was kind of a yawner. Like, it was kind of boring. But me, I prefer the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, which that was a three-hour documentary. I do. I do. Well, that no, was a good one. One thing I do like about Shudder, too, is um, Creep Show. Creep Show. They, they made a TV show. Uh, the original Creep Show came back with a TV it's like series. A, it's like a Shudder original, but they redid the whole Creep Show thing. Yeah, and they made like they, new stories. Yeah, they added and they new. Were great. They added newer stories with a really good like 
guest star cast. Oh man, which I've, was really interesting. We went one. way off topic because we were talking about Star Wars, and now we're back to horror movies. It all comes back to fucking horror movies. It's like that Celine Dion um, song. It all comes back to me. Anyway, well, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, that's so. I, I love that song. So when we watched this Star Wars marathon last weekend, Canada, I had a lot of things. Kind of like the way we watch Marvel movies, mm. I had to point out the plot holes. Yeah. Like, with the first few, I was like, okay, you know, I can get behind it. I definitely didn't like how macho Han Solo was trying to be. Like That's him. He's cocky as yeah. fuck. He's always, he's a smuggler. He's a, he's a smartass. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's, that, he's that space cowboy. He's like one of the last space cowboys who did not give a shit. And then he just found these people randomly because he was doing a job for them and and accidentally got caught in this whole mess in the galaxy battles and the, the galactic battles and he became like a general, you know, after like in the end of the first movie. And you didn't want to fucking talk today. Look at you. Anyway. I really didn't. I'm too tired. I'm tired <laughs> of shit and I just want to relax and enjoy my tea, but no. So I thought Han Zolo was a bit of a douche. C-3PO is such a fucking diva. Oh, he's a queen. Oh, if you, if, in case you haven't I noticed, mean, and I know even the fans I, know that I'm C-3PO loving, is a queen. I'm loving the sass. He's such a sassy bitch. I'm loving the sass, but he's, like, super whiny. But R2-T2 <laughs> is, like, the he man pushes, of that relationship. He pushes the right buttons on he, C-3PO. He really is. It really I gets, beg your pardon. Yeah, he really gets his coat. <laughs> He really gets his coat. <laughs> oh, he really does. He pushes his buttons, and even and even um, what C three PO even hits him and calls him an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and I love how the dynamic continues even with the prequels and now the newer ones oh, are yeah. just so they're, fucking. They're the old wedding couple. They're no, they're the old married couple that so will never die. So here's the thing. I mean, the first three movies were like like I said, they were fine. They were fine. I think on average, I gave the first three like what a seven point five review. No, no, no. You gave them. You gave all three of them two. The first two uh, sevens, and then the last one an eight. So about a seven point five average between all those. Yes, yes, you did. And then so, in the prequels. The prequels. Now here's the thing. I'm going to go back to the first one for a minute because in the first three, you learn about the Force and how you know. it's this elite power that is not given, but it's like inherited it was born through, in you you know it's inherited through bloodline yeah. right so luke realizes he has the power of the force he yeah, trains his father is anakin he and, trains yeah. under obi-wan kenobi his is Padme. he Sorry. trains under obi-wan and yoda and then finally battles Darth vader and was able to you know convince his father to leave the darks but then you go into the prequel and then we start to see where it the force is not all is cracked up to be because first of all people who are able to if people are able to use the power of the force and master it in whatever you think they would be able to sense like deception and lies right Mm -hmm. because i mean think about it if the force is based on emotional power and feelings yeah. You can sense when another individual is lying. Like Padme, when she impersonated herself as the handmaid of the senator, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how come nobody ever mentioned, like, oh, you're not who you say you are. You're the senator. Well, she's just undercover like, because her decoy is the one. In case if someone shoots I Padme, under, it's I the queen, but it's not her. I understand why she was undercover. I'm just wondering... She just didn't want to get shot. I understand why... 
I just don't understand how how Liam Neeson's character could not have noticed that she was lying. I feel like he did though, but he was trying to hide it and give. If this he look. did, he should have fucking said something. Yeah, but he's not going to say anything because he doesn't want her to get caught. So the point is, is like. We start to notice that things aren't always what they seem. Because even it, it wasn't just Padme who was lying about who she really was. Um, Senator Palpatine was also lying about who he was. And he uses the power of the Force as well. Yep. Right? And he, yep. And he, How come nobody figured okay, that shit okay, out? Okay, okay, stop hitting the table. The table I'm, doesn't need that. I'm sorry, but there were so many, so many plot holes. And I'm thinking to myself, especially if Anakin was this supposed prophesized child who yeah. was had this great ability of mastering you are the, the chosen one. Yes. So how come he wasn't also able to d- detect lies and deceit with Palpatine? I don't know. Well, a lot of his anger and built-up aggression is just what got in the way of all of his other feelings, and I feel like that's what he mostly focused on. Because he was he was a very hurt you know young boy growing up to be a man and he just had all this pent up or uh, but know, here's the thing because he lost his mother and he misses his mother and also but here's the thing he loved padme but here's the thing if yoda and what samuel l jackson samuel character? jackson's character was uh oh god I remember. God, I'm a horrible fan. I don't so even if know Yoda, Sam's if, name. if Yoda and Samuel Jackson's characters were able to tell from an early age that Anakin was probably well, not gonna, well, Yoda mostly because he if was he the was one. gonna grow up to be someone of concern, how come they cannot detect that in people who are already ar- around them, lying to their faces and hiding in plain sight Which, who they really are? You have a good point on that, but it's just so Yoda- that's. That is the kind of thing that I look at when I watch a movie. I know. Now, and, and Yoda should have like been more like pushing them to tell to not train the boy to not. No, train. I think that if if Liam Neeson's character hadn't died in the first part of the prequels set, and Obi Wan hadn't trained him, I think Anakin probably would have grown up to be a better Jedi. Are you sure, though? Like, well, because, like, we had talked about this, Colin. I know we had a conversation about this. Yeah. But if you think back to, like, the the first the first episode of the prequel saga, Liam Neeson and Padme, they were the first two people that Anakin met who were outsiders of Tatooine, right? Um, of Tatooine, yeah. So, of course, you take them out of the picture because Padme had to leave to go be better protected and then Liam Neeson dies. Mm-hmm. Now he's foisted onto Obi-Wan, who he has already has no personal connection with. And, you know, it's, it's a different mindset because he looked at Liam Neeson as more of a father figure and yeah. Obi-Wan as a brother figure. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a, different, there's a different power dynamic when things like that happen. Which What's up? I was going to ask you, like, when it comes to characters, what do you think of, of uh, Ian McGregor's portrayal as, um, as Obi-Wan? Like, what do you think of him? Especially, I loved him in, um, in Revenge of the Sith, especially when he was facing um, Anakin finally in that fight, because he was just so sassy in his words. Like, he was just... He, yeah, he was pretty, yeah, pretty witty. He was very witty, um, and he was just like, he was taking no shit from, from Anakin. 
And Anakin choked out his his wife, I Padme. Think, well, I think he did let Anakin get away with a lot of stuff. Even if he did intentionally, I mean... Because yeah. here's the thing. A part of me kind of wondered if Obi-Wan really knew what Anakin was doing and what his mindset was. Because remember when him and Padme were like spending all that time together in Naboo? Mm-hmm. And they were talking and getting to know each other as adults. Anakin was raising a lot of red flags that was already, you know, showing some insight as to who he really was as a character. Yeah, showing that, like, that evil, that... Just, he, he was he very whiny had mu- also. Very much so. He was very whiny. Very kinda much like so. like how Kylo Ren was kind of whiny, too, which I kind of figured those two... I could see the resemblance in their in their attitudes and their personality. Cause, but my point is, is yeah. that, like, um... It's just one of those flaws in the Force that... It's just one of those flaws in the Force that oh. I I have a problem with. Because it's like, if, you're, if your power is based on emotional power mm-hmm. and detecting one's feelings, you should be able to detect things like lying, deceit and you know all so. all these things that make up even like if you can sense the bad feelings in them yeah it's a warning sign that hey maybe this person's not going down the right path or maybe this person isn't who they say they are and that's why i really maybe feel this person like, is maybe yeah. this person is hiding something and you need to look into it i feel like a lot of things could have been prevented if that kind of thing were a little bit more well thought of and that's why i feel like anakin wasn't truly meant to be the chosen one but that all came to light a bit when and you know i'm gonna look up right now what samuel jackson's character's name was because it's gotten it's gonna frustrate me just going back and forth yeah but no um but no but in the very end obi-wan definitely had the higher ground that was for sure. Mace Windu was his character. Yes, Mace name. Windu. Okay. So okay. I should have known that. Windu. Windu even said that they had to inform the Senate that the Force is not, you know, it's not what they made it out to be. Mm-hmm. Because even the Jedi are like, well, we, th- you know, we we use the power of the Force, and it's the greatest power in the world, and it helps us, you know, restore balance and peace in the universe, and blah blah blah. But there are flaws in it. Which, you know, is all fine and everything, but, like, it's one of those things that, like, even the people of the dark side poke those kind of holes of, like, mm-hmm. doubt in Anakin's mind. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, the Jedi do this, but we we have more freedom. We have more power. Mm. We can do things that the Jedi are feel like they have no right to do. Yeah. You know? And it just felt like, you know, the, the Sif and the and, you know, all those guys were just had a lot more power and everything mm-hmm. to them and they could probably take down the now, Jedi's. Now we haven't finished the Star Wars We saga haven't yet. yet. We uh we haven't and finished The Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. And I wanna definitely show you Rogue One and the Hope and the and the Han Solo movie. You need to watch them. I know, but here's the thing. First of all, I don't have to watch them if I don't want to watch them. Okay. My whole my whole point when we did this was that I just wanted to watch the movies, like just just the main movies that are the Star Wars movies. You know, I that I one understand. I don't care. That's fine. I love that, but, but you don't have to. But here's watch the it. thing: like my problem is that the Star Wars movies are fine mm-hmm. as they are. I'm typically not into sci-fi fantasy movies like that. I did enjoy them. Because I'm just a 
person who has never seen these movies before. Yeah, she's a who, Star Wars noob, so. Yeah, and I just want to watch the movies, the original nine that are part of the the story plot. Even the, though the original the, story plot. Even though the Rogue One and the Han Solo movie help follow those original movies as well. I get it if it's like. But you know what? But let's anyway. let's change from that to the character that I really wanted you to meet this whole time when I always talked to you about Star Wars. Chewbacca. No. Oh. No. Because he's Chewba- my favorite. Chewbacca's awesome. I love Chewbacca. He's a the furry hero who's this perfect big tough guy, but full of heart. But no, I was talking about. One of the most annoying characters of Star Wars, who I'm talking about, Jar Jar Binks. And I know a lot of people would like you to know, hear your opinion on Jar Jar. I know a lot of people have a, a negative opinion about Jar Jar. Oh yeah, he's fucking annoying, that's for sure. I feel bad for the poor dude. Point is, but talk to me about Jar Jar and how you feel about him. I feel bad for the poor dude. It's just like, you know, he, I feel like he just needs some friends. You know? <laughs> He just needs to find his own group of people that he can be with and can tolerate him. Let's move on. All right. Let's move on. As you can tell, people, we are a couple. Don't worry. This is going to be a 30-minute episode again because it's just... <laughs> we're, we're 35 minutes if we're We're lucky. wasting way too much time. Okay, so moving on from here, can I... I'm just going to talk about a bit, a movie. Well, not a movie. Movies I do not care for. Do we really want to hear that? We could No, we could... Well... Here's the thing. It goes in line with, like, movies... Because we've talked a lot about movies. movies I like that you don't like? Movies I do not care for are deep sea movies. Oh, yeah. She hates oceans, by the way. I don't care... Okay, like, the Titanic movie, it's not a deep sea movie, but it's a shipwreck movie. You would hate that. I wouldn't particularly care for it, but I can get through it without, like, hyperventilating. Well, I'm saying, what if you the, were in that situation? Would you freak the fuck out? The Poseidon? Have you ever seen the Poseidon? Yes, I've... I've not that, the whole thing, but I've seen a little that bit. That terrifies the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah. And it makes me, like, not breathe for I, a good movie. I got one. I what? got one. The Perfect Storm. You ever seen that? I don't think I have. The Perfect Storm is Oosh. a... is a. am sorry if you guys can hear the squeak in the background. That's our dog playing with his toy. Um, but no. Anyway, Perfect Storm is the perfect example of a sea movie that, you know, that a ship, based on a true story, was in this giant, you know, um, storm in the ocean. And this giant-ass wave mm-hmm. broke the ship and killed everyone in it. And it starred George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And they were on, like, this, like, adventure out in sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should you should watch it. I, I, okay, maybe not. You probably won't watch it, but yeah. But yeah, I can't watch movies that have a lot of like deep sea footage because something about deep waters like that just it it almost petrifies me in a way where I like I can't move, I can't breathe, mm-hmm. I like shake and hyperventilate. I I don't know something about ocean and large bodies of water freak me the fuck out. Yeah. Um. So there's that. I also don't like movies. That do a lot about space. Like, Star Wars are fine. I can't watch movies like Apollo or... Yeah, Apollo or what? Star Trek? No. Just real life movies. Oh, those Apollo 13. Apollo 13. That's a good one. I actually like Apollo 13. That's a good movie. Let's let's just summarize this. I can't watch space movies that are based on true events where people in space and they're floating around in like this vast like darkness of not nothing but just 
you know, you're out in the, what do you want, Colin? What, what about 2001 Space Odyssey? That, I, I wouldn't be able to watch that. That's a I classic. Haven't, I haven't seen it, but I'm not going to be able to watch it. It involves people, like, crashing in space, and their bodies are just floating, like... Would okay, you? I'll give you an example. Remember the scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 mm-hmm. when Yondu's, Yondu's crew is throwing, like, a mutiny, and they're And launching, they're being thrown out in space. They're, they're throwing all their crew, like, the people who side with Yondu yeah. out in space... Without that, a mask or anything, yeah. That shit m- bothers me. Would that, yeah? It not not in like not in like a weird inhumane way because it is inhumane the way they kill off these people. Mm-hmm. But in a way, it like makes me very very scared. Yeah, you know, in the in the same sense that like being out in like a large body of water, if I were to be on like on a boat or on a spaceship, and I either fall off the boat or my ship crashes and I'm just like lost in space. That mm. shit scares me. I can see that. So I refuse to watch those kind of movies because it just it does well, things yeah, to me that you're, like, just suffocating in space and you feel claustrophobic. And yeah, just, like the yeah. like the descent. I can't watch that either because of claustrophobia. Well, you know what's funny? But, I can't, like, alright, I've watched movies that had to deal with claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. Sound it out. Claustrophobia. Don't do that to me on air. But no, um, especially in movies where they're buried underground and oh, they think they're God. dead but they're alive. Like, uh, the, I think it's, uh, it's The Serpent and the Rainbow and uh, Bill Pullman's in it and he tries this like zombie-like drug, which kills him for what makes him dead for a couple hours, and then he comes back after he's being buried underground in a in a wooden coffin, and he's freaking out because he can't get out because he's like what six feet below or something, and Probably. he's freaking out. And I would hate that. That would be my worst nightmare: waking up in a casket, six feet underground, in dirt that you can't get out of. And I'd be so afraid and just, I'd rather, I want to die right then and there because I don't like that feeling. Oh, then you really wouldn't like that Ryan Reynolds movie he's in where he's in, like, the same situation. He's, like, buried in a box and he only has very little amount of time before he runs out of air. Which movie is that? Is that a new one? I think it's Buried. Oh, Buried. Is that a new movie? It's a fairly old movie. Hey, baby. Yeah, I'm holding Bowie right now. Yeah, we're holding the little one. So cute. Yeah, but um, um, so should we make a conclusion here so we can end the show or? Well, we can keep talking a little bit because now that I'm holding Bowie, there's another kind of movie that I will will not stand for. Dog movies. Any movie where a dog dies, or like any, Old Yeller, or any sort of like animal movie where the animal dies. Benji. I, yeah, I've never seen Benji. Yeah, well, Benji's one and of I've those sad tear I've never seen Old Yeller. I've seen. Mar- I've seen Old Yeller. I've seen Marley and Me. How sad is that? Because I feel like it probably that, isn't that sad. That bothers me. Really? In a way, yeah. Like I was bawling at no, not even at the end, but like in like towards the end when you can tell that Marley's health is starting to deteriorate and he's not in the best shape I, and everybody starts to kind of notice it and it just starts to like pull at your heart yeah. and it, it, oh, it bothers me so much. I don't know if you ever heard of this movie. It's a very old movie. It's from like I think it's from the 70s or 60s or even probably before that but it's around that time. It's an old movie. It's called Milo and Otis. And I've heard of it, but yeah. I've never seen it. And it's a, it's about a cat and dog. They meet each other and they go on an adventure. And they do. And there's these voiceovers that do their voices, kind of like a narrator that does a voiceover of both the cat hey, and dog. No. And it's just it's no. so funny and cute. It's just it's the perfect you know animal movie I think for me, especially older one. So yeah. yeah, it's a good one. I like that. So uh, let's see what other kind of movies do we like. 
Um, I will tell you this. I love fantasy films. I, I love that, you know, well, I mean, not fantasy for nothing. films, I have so much imagination. Not for nothing, but and we named our dog Bowie because we got, for, there was a time before we got a dog that we were on a real, like, labyrinth kick. I introduced we, you to labyrinth. You did, but, like, we watched it all the time. Because then, of the bulge. Not because of the bulge. <laughs> the music was good. The music and the bulge were good. And it's David it's, Bowie. I mean, come on. Yeah. And, you know, when he comes into the room and he, he like, has the attention of that girl and he's got he that bulge it. there and he's sitting there with so much, he you know, it. cockiness and charisma. Yeah, you know, you're going to love David Bowie, you know, as Jared, the Goblin King, who takes, you know, you her look. Jareth? Jareth, right? It is Jareth. I thought it was Jared. Yeah, you said Jared. Anyway. It is Jareth. My point, okay. my point is but That's that a great movie. That's a good movie. Um, if you like um, another, like like my favorite what? fantasy movie is definitely Legend. Legend is a great movie with uh, Tim Curry and Tom Cruise. And this was, um, I've, I, I definitely think this was definitely Tim Curry's, one of his best character roles. You know, because he played the Lord of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And he just was like trying to take over this wonderful, peaceful land with darkness and pure hatred and just everything else. And he just... Hated the sunlight, and just you know, it was it was it was an interesting movie. It was mm-hmm. it was odd. It was weird. It was beautiful. The the characters, the music was great. The the band Yes actually did the soundtrack for the movie, which I thought that was pretty cool. You know, and so yeah, just it's definitely one of those perfect you know odd, strange um, '80s fantasy movies that was like mythical swords and sorcery type of shit. You know. Which is cool, you know? Do you have a favorite fantasy movie? No, I mean, aside from Labyrinth, I mean, I never really watched The Dark Crystal. I know you did. I love Dark Crystal. I've seen bits and pieces of The Dark Dark Crystal. Yeah, but you like the show a lot. The show, The Age of Resistance, was amazing. Very well done. I I feel like it was very well done. It had a really good cast, but it also had a really good story. I just love a a lot about it. And that's the thing about Dark Crystal is that their stories are great. You know, it's definitely a good story about good versus evil. What are the, what are the evil guys called again? I'm trying to remember. The Skeksis? The Skeksis are trying to trick the good guys and thinking that they're, they're doing good for them. But when really they're not and they're sucking, they're taking all the life away from the earth and from the from the creatures. And just, you know, and these little guys finally you know, find out about that and they go and try to, you know, stop them and try to like, you know, destroy them. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out in that favor. And that's how it kind of all starts off, you know, starts the movie. You know, because this was a prequel. This is a prequel story to the original Dark Crystal movie. The show is the prequel from the movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a good it's a good story, though. But it, it concerns me, too, in a way, because it's like, knowing what you know from the movie, mm-hmm. how do you go from, like, a planet that's dying where it has this, like, vast majority... Of the Gelf, mm. the Gelflings. That's what they're called, Gelflings. I was trying to figure out what they were. There's the Skeksis, and then there's how the Gelflings. But how do you go from having thousands of them to just two in the span of what was what a hundred years? Yeah, I think in the span of a hundred years, they probably killed them. The Skeksis probably, you know, took all the. But Gelf- if if that's the case, then then how do we go? Because in the in the well, some of them escaped, and the, not just the two. Well, yeah, but at the end of the first season i don't know when there's going to be a second season of the age of resistance which it's probably going to take a very long time because it took a long time just to do all that too because the puppets it's puppet work here's the thing 
I feel like based on what we saw in the last season, they, you know, had won their battle against the Skeksis. They teamed up with the Arathrim, which is like a spider um, colony mm. that was at war with both the Skeksis and Elfling. But they bonded with the Gelfling to fight against Skeksis. But Skeksies. how do you go from, like I said, having that to having just two Gelfling left over and then no Arathrim? And you don't really like see because mm. I'm that, that's what concerns me because we've already come to love and appreciate these characters from the show, and then it's like, well, how do you go from that to that? Like it, you know, it almost mm. makes you a bit concerned for the characters in a way. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I those are like some of the fantasy movies that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love me some Disney. I will say that. Yeah, and, uh, uh, it's almost an obvious. Even though I don't like Marvel, yeah. I do love Disney. Well, you are a Disney chick. You always have been, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I do like. I love a lot of Disney too. I've actually collected a lot of the original Disney cartoons on, you know, on video when I was a kid. I had to rebuild my collection because I, I too had a collection of but now VHS you, tapes. But now you don't have to because you have Disney I know. Plus. Doesn't isn't that the most fucked up thing? I started collecting DVDs a last couple years year. ago. Yeah, like a year or two ago, right? Yeah. yeah. So I started collecting DVDs of Disney, me, me. Disney movies. So I started collecting DVDs about a year or so ago and then then they released Disney Plus. Yeah. And it was like, well shit. I don't need to collect them anymore. And you know, it's funny, and now they're probably, all here. And there's probably other people that were collecting just like you, and just when that was coming out, they're probably like, "What the fuck?" Like you could have done this like a year or I so beforehand. Say, I will say this though: just because we have Disney Plus, does not mean you can still mistreat my DVDs the way you do. I don't know what you're talking about, and we're not going to do this here. The other day, I was going to bed, and I had noticed that you had a couple of DVDs sitting on top of the DVD player. One of and first of all, they're both dusty. Uh, they were both dusty because I'm sure you had taken them out of the DVD shit. player. You had taken them out of the DVD player, and you probably had set them there for a long period of time. You didn't put them back in the boxes, which were sitting right there next to the DVD player, and they collected dust, which I had to wipe off and risk damaging because you did that. Hey, it's okay. You've done that with my movies in the past before, too, where you just left my discs there. You don't have the boxes, though. I do have the boxes. You're just not looking. No, because you just throw them aside and put clothes on top of them where I can't see them. If you've made it this far into the show, we applaud you, and we thank you for staying tuned and taking a chance to listen to this second episode of our podcast. And we appreciate you for being part of our little show and just listening to us rant about, you know, certain things, whether we're getting along or not. But you know what? It doesn't change how much we care about each other because I love her and she loves me. Mm-hmm. And But the important part is that I'm glad that you're still here to listen to us. And I, I like I said in the last episode, still working out the details of like social media mm-hmm. accounts and things. It it would be interesting if like Anchor or Spotify had like a comment section where you yeah. can like tell us your favorite movies and you but, know what stuff I, you like. But I, so yeah, like we said, we're gonna work on getting um, an Instagram together. We're gonna we're be working on getting a Facebook page together <coughs> for the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So stay tuned for our next episode. Um, we're going to try our best to get these episodes out regularly. I mean, you know, we'll try our best. We'll I mean, try some, our best. We'll try to do one or two a week. There'll be, yeah, there'll be some days or some weeks where we can probably squeeze in two or three. Um, but the way that our schedules are lined up right now are not lined up. They're 
for that matter. We will ha- probably have to make this a twice a week thing. Yeah. So yeah, just stay tuned. We'll have a next episode up within the week. Hope everybody is staying safe and healthy. I hope you're not losing yourself or losing your sanity. Y'all have a good one. Yeah. And this is me. I'm Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. And signing off saying, may the force be with you. <laughs>